Jordan. Proverbs chapter number 23 this evening. Proverbs chapter number 23. Continue looking at ironing out issues. And uh, tonight's an important uh, message tonight. Uh, we're continuing to plan is, believe what the Lord wants, to look at the home and the family up until our uh, couple's uh, retreat. So we'll do that again tonight by looking on some thoughts on discipline. And um, so pray for the message and pray only the right people hear this. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not afraid to preach it because it's in the Bible. So, uh, but uh, do pray for that. Um, do ask you to pray, as Brother Jordan mentioned, uh, my wife and I be heading out here, um, be gone a few weeks, and uh, we're going to go help the Hodnets. I'm going to go meet the church there preach to the folks there and get to meet them, and then speaking again and helping out with the conference with all the missionaries uh, before heading back this way. So I appreciate your prayers uh, there, and it's an opportunity to minister um, to a lot of missionary families, a lot of which we support. And, uh, and then also keep this in prayer, um, um, our, with our missionaries, I think it's all settled. But I have been dealing the last few weeks, um, last Sunday, got a phone call from the Board of Elections and voting, and um, we have been flagged for voter fraud. And uh, so the reason is because we have 12 people whose address is at this location, and uh, so... Um, we have been reported, and I've had to deal with uh, the whoever's in charge of the voter registration. A, I'm glad they're checking for voter fraud. Uh, I'm all for that. I told the guy that as I initially started. I said, I'm glad to hear this. I think it's interesting they start at church. Uh, but, um, but that's fine, um, because I understand why they, I get that, all right? Uh, we do have several names um, because of our missionaries. This is their mailing address. This is where they pay their taxes. And at first, the man was very adamant that he was, and, it, and he told me on, on one point that they were going to suspend their voting rights um, until they got a new address. And I said, well, this is their only address. He said, well, I think it's, we'll have to figure out something. I said, well, and this is the only part where I was a little sarcastic, but making a point. I said, I guess they won't be able to pay their taxes then either because there is no taxation without representation. Right? <laughs> if you can't, you're suspending your vote to right to vote, right? And uh, he said, well, we'll work it out. Well, then I called our lawyer, and, um, and he gave me some good words to say, and then we called him again. And long story short, they're very satisfied with everything. They understand now why these names are out of this because um, this is. And what, what enabled us to be able to pass by and no problems is According to the law, they have to vote according to the last known residency in Ohio, which for all of them is right here, right? <laughs> because they lived in the apartment. So, so they were good with that, but it has been something. Uh, so been fun, uh, things you never think you have to deal with, but it's been, it's been a good fun. Uh, so, All right, so let's talk about discipline here in um, Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 13. It says, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. In Ohio, Ohio Code 5139-35-19, quote, prohibits any type of physical punishment inflicted in any manner upon the body, such as spanking, Punching, paddling, shaking, biting, or rough handling a child. That's the Ohio Revised Code 51393519. So, what do we do about that? What do we do as parents about that? I want to look at this about thoughts on discipline. I used my uncle's method, right? Got everybody's attention with that. Yeah, all right, yeah, all right. He talked about that last night. Uh, but what do we do on that? Understand with, with discipline, and by discipline I mean with our children, all right? 
Um, and, you know, either you are a child or maybe we'll have one one day or you're dealing with it now or how do we, what is our response to all this? And understand with discipline, there's a ditch on both sides of the road, all right? Uh, one, on one side, one ditch, and pretty much with every spiritual truth, there's a ditch on both sides of the road, all right? And one ditch that we want to avoid is permissiveness. Um, that's a big one today. This uh, statements like, I'm not going to spank my child. I'm going to let them make their own choices. I don't want to crush their spirit. I want them to be who they are. And I got news for you. They will be who they are. It's called a sinner. All right? How do I know that? Because we all are. Uh, look in Proverbs 29. Now, a lot of our verses will be in Proverbs, uh, but we'll also look at some other things. But Proverbs 29 and um, verse number 15. Proverbs 29, verse number 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Permissiveness is not the answer. Uh, we we um, are not to just let them just be whoever they are without us stepping in in any way. I uh, heard uh, one parent say one time, I laid out the clothes for my child, who that child was like five, and uh, that child said, I'm not going to wear that. And the parent said, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, you pick out what you want to wear. And that was, I told him, I said, that was a bad mistake. Because children should not have the mentality that I make the decisions. Uh, they need to know that my parents lead in making these decisions. And you say, it sounds prideful. It's not. Children need to learn a very important lesson that there are authorities in life. And that they are not the absolute authority because what happens is that that generation rises up and they never are wrong. And they have this mentality, you can't tell me that. You can't tell me to do that. And if you don't know it, that's the culture we live in today, all right? Because of permissiveness. So that's not the answer. And there's your scripture. A child is not to be left to themselves, all right? There is to be a rod and reproof. The other ditch is, and you have to say it, all right, because I, I hate that it's out there, but it's abuse. And that's not biblical. There's nothing biblical about hurting and harming a child. In studying for this message, I read a survey and a study that someone did, and they went to a, a prison, and they interviewed a bunch of criminals. And, uh, and one of the questions that they asked the criminals, they said, did your parents spank you while growing up? And they said the answer was very surprising. And I kept reading, and I was kind of surprised too. Here's what they said, and I just, I just wrote down the quotes. He said, I was surprised at their answer as they looked up at me with a huge grin on their face and said, quote, Dad and Mom beat me every time I needed it. They would chase me around the house with a belt and get me on the ground and whoop me, smack my face, tell me I was wrong. That is not biblical discipline. And I want you to know that that is what happens, what happened to those criminals. And they all had a little bit, but that was generally, the guy said, that did the survey, that's generally what they said. And because um, he expected none of them to have been disciplined, right? But it wasn't it. They were disciplined incorrectly. So what is proper discipline? It's really important we know this. I want our kids and teenagers to know this. I want our young adults to know this, all right? I think it's really important. Just recently over at the Great Wolf Lodge, right? Never been there, but over in Mason, Ohio. Uh, there was a man arrested, and uh, this man, and you can look up the court case. It's the state versus Foggs. And uh, this man was seen spanking his 10-year-old son. Uh, someone called the police, and he was arrested uh, because of the code that I just told you, and they went to court. And I'm going to wait and tell you how that ended at the end of the sermon so you don't leave, all right? Uh, but so what happened, all right? Let's give a couple of things about, all right, true biblical um, discipline. Before I get into it, I want you to know there are like five or six made clear verses in Proverbs 
on how to discipline your child, which will really focus on those. But I just want to make this quick point. While there are five or six, depending on how you interpret those, about how to discipline a child, there are 25 verses in Proverbs on the importance of giving your spiritual relationship with God and passing that on to your children. Because that will make everything else a whole lot easier. And that five times as much is talked about the importance of our children learning to have a relationship with God from us. All right? uh, so what are these areas? All right, Proverbs chapter 13. Go back again. Look at uh, some of these verses here. Proverbs chapter 13 and in verse number 24. Proverbs 13 verse number 24. says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to jot these things down, all right? You say, I'm already past that stage, all right? And then share it with somebody else. These things are important. Um, these are the types of things that later on down the road we wish we had the notes for, all right? We wish we would have listened, all right? So I want to encourage you to jot these things down. But the first point here, I want to talk about the age of proper biblical discipline, the age and again in Proverbs thirteen twenty four it says, He that spareth his rod hateth the son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. The word betimes means early, to seek it early. Um, proper discipline is starting early with your child. Don't wait. You say, well, I'll start discipline when I get six, seven years old. You're going to really struggle. I'll wait till they're a teenager. Too late. I'm not saying God can't intervene. But the times means early. We've got a lot of young families. So I hope you'll let your pastor help you with this, all right? Um, you need to take the opportunity while they're weak. That sounds weird. But I mean, their will's not as strong, right? They're not going to fight you. That's what I mean by weak, right? And teach them not to live according to their lust or their own desires. You say, talking about a three-year-old? I am. Is we always associate lust with like evil, immoral things. Lust is just my flesh wants this. And, and teach them and help them with this to learn how to control that. Babies have a will. And they try to exercise that will. All right? I was a baby once. I did that. You did that. Um, if you've had children, they all did that. All right? And we cannot allow children to have their way. They need to recognize. Now, some of you are getting ahead of me. Like, I can already see like the postings on Twitter, right? This guy just said to spank an infant. No, I did not, right? I said not to let them have their way. I'll get on to wing you discipline later, but you only discipline a child when there's understanding. And by discipline, I mean like spanking. When there's understanding. I'll get to that in a minute, right? But you can't let children have their own way. So you have to discipline early, then in Proverbs chapter number 19. Look over here in Proverbs chapter 19 and in verse number 18. Proverbs 19, 18 says this, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. You need to, the age of discipline, you have to do it early, and you need to do it while it's effective. I don't know if I used the right A or E there, but it works, right? Mom can tell you later, all right? But effective. Because in Proverbs 19 and verse number 18 says again, chasten thy son while there's what? Hope. You know what that means? With a little commentary? That if you wait too long, they won't have hope. Right? If you wait too long, there'll be a time when there's no hope. So you're chasing your son while there, while there is hope. So you do it early when they're, uh, when they're a child, right? Uh, you, you do that while it can be effective, uh, while there is hope, all right? In other words, before their heart is set, 
before their way is divide, d- decided, uh, before their, their will is, is, is going to be you know, like, a, like a stone rock, all right? You, you need to do it while it's soft, while it's tender, while it's effective. So early and while it's effective, then look at Proverbs 22, a very familiar verse in verse number 6. Proverbs 22 and verse number 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I want you to, all I want to draw from this verse at this time is this. Right? You should uh, discipline them at an age where you can have an, 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 an expectation. What's the expectation? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Train them. All right? If you wait to train them until they're 17... They've already decided the way they're going to go. If you wait until they're 13, they've already decided the way they want to go. It's interesting that word child there, all right, uh, in that verse, that word child, all right, uh, it means um, uh, infant, infant to adolescence. Um, you can look up the word if you like, right? Infant to adolescence. Adolescence, it depends on who you're talking to, but it starts sometimes, as some people will say, as early as 10, uh, but the whole process of being an adolescent, 10 to 19. If you've waited till that point, too late. A child. They're no longer a child once they've reached adolescence, biblically speaking. The Jews would even have a, you know, big party to celebrate leaving being a child. So if you wait till then, you're losing the promise of this verse. And again, I am not one that thinks that if you train up a child in the way they should go, there's no questions asked, they're going to end up perfect, all right? Every man has a free will, even our own children. I would love to, if I could tell you that, you know, you train up your child and teach them the Bible and they'll guarantee turn out perfect. They still have to make choices. They do. But they'll never get away from what you have taught them. Right? And that's very important to understand. Um, you know, we're not Calvinist. Amen? And so we're not going to put that in our disciplining either. Right? They still have a choice. And uh, as much as I would love to still control every decision that Alex and Grace makes, I don't. They're on their own. They're going to make their decisions. Right? But hopefully the training that they got will influence those decisions so they make good decisions. Um, but you, my point here is that we do it while there can be an expectation, while they're a child. And the Bible's clear on that. So that's the age. All right, number two, let's look at the attitude of proper discipline. The attitude. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 15. The attitude of proper discipline. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Foolishness is found in the heart of a child. I want to talk about the attitude of discipline. First, let's talk about your and my attitude, all right, as the person doing the discipline. I will say this to every parent. Never, never discipline your child in anger. All you're going to do is put in them a spirit of rebellion. I would love to say I never made that mistake, but I'm sure I did. And I believe, to the best of my knowledge, that any time I did do that, I went back to my children and I apologized to them. To my knowledge, I did that because it's wrong to discipline in anger. Um, If you start yelling and demeaning and you're just full of wrath and clamor and malice. Your veins are jumping out of your neck and you're slamming your fist on the wall and telling their children they're dumb and stupid. You are creating a rebel. And then don't come asking questions, why are my children all not getting along? When you taught them to be hateful and full of anger. Amen. In Psalm chapter 37, 
keep something because we'll come right back in Proverbs. But look in Psalm chapter 37 and in verse number 8. Psalm 37 and verse number 8. Just a good verse. If you struggle with anger, I encourage you, mark this verse, highlight it, write it on a piece of paper, and start memorizing it. Psalm 37, verse number 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. If anger has control of you and wrath is in control of you, you are being evil. That's what it says. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. It's evil to lose control. The Bible says, obviously, I'll give you another verse. Less you amen, the more I need to prove it, right? Uh, kidding on that. Uh, I'm turning there no matter what you do. Uh, Ephesians chapter, uh, look at in Ephesians real quick in chapter 6, all right? Ephesians chapter number 6 in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 6 and in verse number 4. Ephesians 6 and verse number 4 says this, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Um, we're instructed here not to provoke. That word provoke means to use anger to stir up anger. To use anger to stir up anger. You've all done it before, you know, the guy behind you honks the horn because the light turned green half a second ago. So you wait five seconds to go. You got angry at them. So you're, you're in your anger. You're making them angry. You're provoking them. You understand that, right? You can't do that with your children. You say, well, I really am upset at my child. I get it. Go talk to God about it. Go leave it with the Lord. Read some scriptures about not being angry. Thank God that he doesn't hold anger against us. And then go back and talk to your child. Um, but you can't in anger. Uh, back a page in Ephesians in chapter 4 and verse number 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. We've got to put it away. Instead, replace it, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiving you. You say, well, I'll be kind to people. If you can't be kind to your own children and family, quit putting on a show with other people. Again, I'm not saying that you're you know, walking in saying, I, you know, it's all good, I know you did evil, but hey, it's all good, now bend over. Right? That's no, right? but I'm saying don't be in anger. All right? So your attitude needs to be right. All right? Uh, then their attitude. Go back to Proverbs chapter number 10. All right? Their attitude. Proverbs chapter number 10 and in verse number 13. Proverbs 10, verse number 13. In the lips of him that hath understanding... Wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. All right? Only punish when they've put understanding aside. All right? In other words, you know, I tried to think of a good example of that. All right? When your child's old enough to look at you and say, no, they know what they're doing. And you better not laugh at that. Oh, isn't that cute? He told me no. That's not cute at all. Or you tell them to come here, and they just sit down. They understand. They understand what you said, and they understand they're not doing it. They need discipline. All right? Um, and I say don't discipline when there's no understanding. All right? Um, you know, poor little baby can barely crawl, you know, and you say, you know, come here, and they're infatuated with a rattle, they have no idea. And we'll fast forward. I try to think of another example. Um, if you and your wife sitting there talking, you're like, boy, that car really needs a paint job, and your five-year-old's listening, he takes a marker outside and paints your car. 
I wouldn't spank him for that. No, I'd have a really, really good conversation with them, right? <laughs> but if they didn't know, they had no clue what they were doing, there's no understanding there, Te take that point to teach them. You say, well, bad thing? Well, that's why you need to be investing in your children all the time so they can learn some of these things before they happen, right? We don't ever scratch the car. Remember that, Tom. All right? You know, whatever you got to do, all right? But get, there has to be understanding there. And um, now if they're, you know, 10 years old, you told them not to ever mark the car, and they went out there and marked the car, yeah, they're in trouble. They deserve discipline because they did something with understanding. See the difference? All right? There needs to be understanding there. So that's the attitude of discipline. Number three, the authority of proper discipline. Proverbs chapter number 29 Proverbs 29 and in verse number 17. Proverbs 29, verse number 17. The authority of proper discipline. Uh, Proverbs 29, verse number 17 says this. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. First thing I want to pull out of this verse here is correct thy son. Authority of proper discipline, number one, is this. It is the parent's responsibility. You're supposed to correct thy son. That's your son or your daughter. That's your job. I mean, it's pretty simple, but that's what it says, right? Correct thy son. doesn't say correct the boys. doesn't say correct all the children, all right? Um, my kids are all past this point, all right? But, you know, go back, you know, 15 years, 16 years, right? All right? It, they, I guarantee, guarantee, Brother Doug was around, I guarantee saw my kids do things they needed spankings for, right? Uh, but he never spanked my kids. I never saw anything that Brother Jordan ever did wrong. So I have no reason to ever have spanked him. So, uh, uh, you know, but I, I didn't spank Brother Jordan. Not my son. All right? It's the parent's responsibility. Now, all of us can help with words and admonition, all right, and giving good advice and correcting. If I see brother, I did, all right? If I saw a 10-year-old, 11-year-old brother Jordan doing something he shouldn't do, I did correct him, all right? I told him he was wrong. I told him, don't do that, all right? Uh, it was like twice, I think, in his entire childhood, right? Uh, but, you know, I did, all right? But I would never discipline him, all right? That's his parents' job. So I, I build on that to say these words, all right? It is the parents' responsibility. And listen to this statement. It's a really important statement. Parents, you must determine to be the most important influence in their life. I'll say it one more time. Parents, you must determine to be the most important influence in their life. Be careful who their friends are. Be careful about who they're on the sports team with. You can do what you want to, but you better be very careful about spending the night at other people's houses. Be careful about the culture that they're living in. Be careful about their gadgets that they have. Because I'm going to share something I've learned with working with children now for 20 plus years. They're evil and they're con artists. Wish I was kidding. So was I. Uh, I shared something that to my mom. I forget what it was a couple years ago. Something I did. She was like, I never knew that. I was like, yeah, I know. And then one of my sisters said, yeah, but he also, my mom said, I don't want to know. <laughs> Best left unsaid, right? Uh, yeah, right? But they are. Look in Psalm real quick in chapter 51. Psalm 51. Psalm chapter 51 and verse number 5. It says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. In Psalm chapter 58 and in verse number 3. Psalm 58 and verse number 3. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. You say, why do you read that? Because all children are evil. Because we're all born sinners. That's what we do. We all did it. 
And parents, when you're disciplining your child, listen to what I'm saying here, you are providing them security. A child should never be told to do something more than once. If you have to keep repeating yourself, you're setting up a pattern. Say, so what do you mean a pattern? That child's going to see how many times he can be told before he gets in trouble. So don't let them. Right? Say, so why would they do that? Because they're evil. Their hearts are desperately wicked, just like ours. And we need to discipline and praise the Lord. But ultimately, parents, we're teaching our children, and it's our responsibility because we're teaching that parental authority is God's authority. Parental authority is God's authority. And I go right into this next point. It is the parent's responsibility, but there is a pattern that is going to be rooted and grounded in your children by teaching them this. Turn back to Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. In just a few more minutes on this, please. Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 1. says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, I want to point out a few things, all right? That children are to learn to obey their parents. There should be no questions asked on that. shouldn't have to repeat yourself a hundred times before they obey. It's, and they're going to try you. But you've got to teach them to obey. Because the Bible commands it. It's required. That's what it says. Amen? Yes. Children obey. All right? It's required. It's right. Verse number one, for this is, last part of the verse says what? This is right. So it's required, it's right, and this is why we want to teach them, it's rewarded. When our children do learn obedience, it's the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with them and they would live longer upon the earth. I mean, there's a promise there from God. So we want to teach them these things. Now, I also want you to glean this from this. Children, obey your parents. Verse number one, children, obey your parents. Next three words. In the Lord. In the Lord. That's really important because what we're teaching our children is this. God told us to teach you to obey. And you're not just obeying me. You're obeying God. Everybody see that? You're not just obeying me. You are obeying God. He goes on to talk about other areas of authority, which I'm not going to teach all this, but look at verse number five. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters uh, according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto who? Christ. So whoever your boss is, you should obey them as unto who? Because you're not just obeying them, you're obeying... Yeah, it's harder to amen that now when it's not to your kids, right? But that's what it says, all right? Uh, uh, we, are, we are, again, teaching this principle. In verse number 7, with goodwill doing service as to who? The Lord. the Lord and not to men. Why are you supposed to do your best? That's what verse number 6 is saying. You're not pleasing men. Don't just do your job to make your boss happy. You're doing it for the Lord. That's the will of God. And these good things, you're doing it not for men, but you're doing it for God. Now, that same principle is with our children and teaching them to obey. We want them to learn that all authority comes from God. We want them to respect all authority. We want them to obey all authority. And it starts with a parent-child obedience. And if they don't get that, those are, that's the reason why people show up to work for two days and they quit. That's why you tell them they have to be there at this time and they don't want to be there at this time. There's no respect. That's why there's people hopping out of cars and beating up policemen. Because there's no respect for authority. Because they weren't taught as children to respect authority. And we as believers need to teach our children that they're doing it not just for me. You're not just obeying dad. You're obeying God. And you at your workplace, you're not just obeying your boss. You're obeying God. 
And the reason where this builds on is this, because then it teaches more about, uh, uh, in Ephesians, about authority. And then you get down there the verse uh, number 9 and 10, and you see that big word, finally. Right? Finally. Do what? In Ephesians 6. Finally put on what? Whole armor of God. Now look at me and catch this point. I've been teaching at Sunday school, so I'm not going to go very far with this. But listen to what I'm saying. The armor of God is useless if they don't have an understanding of authority. You give a man a sword without any understanding of authority, they're going to end up in a mess. Give somebody a gun without any understanding of authority, you're going to have disaster. Follow me? And God set up the principle. It's his word. Ephesians 6 is all about children obey your parents. Fathers, you better understand you're giving an account to God. Bosses, they need to be obeyed by the servants. And bosses, you need to understand that you are to treat them right because you're doing, you're obeying God. And then when you build all this authority, finally now put on the armor of God. It's no wonder a lot of our young people are falling into different sins because we have not taught them the principle of authority by parent-child obedience. I'll go on real quick. Number three, number four, the act of proper discipline. Let's go back to Proverbs. The act of proper discipline. We're almost done. Proverbs chapter number 23. What we're teaching on tonight is very important, all right? Uh, so uh, the act. Now let's get into how, actually how we do it, all right? I haven't even said that yet, but I'll do it really quick, all right? Uh, but in uh, Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 13, we've already read the verse once. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Uh, Proverbs chapter 26 and verse number 3 says, A whip for the horse, a bridle for the ass, and a rod for the fool's back. Let's talk about the actual act. I'll say just a couple things real quick, all right? First of all, every verse in Proverbs, the principle that is taught with correcting a child, it is always with a rod. Always with a rod. That word rod, if you want to do a little concordant search, it means a stick. It also has some several interesting definitions. A stick, a scepter, a shepherd's staff, a clan. Now those words are interesting when you look those up, but they all go into why you're doing this discipline. So I wrote down a couple things underneath the rod here just to kind of make it very clear. I think, and I'm just that simple enough, I think that your rod should be wooden. That's what the word means. Why I say that is because of this. Never, everybody listen to this, never discipline your child with your hand. Never. Now, our children are all next door, right? If there's something you want to talk to them about later tonight, I encourage you to do it. But never discipline your child with your hand. Your hand should be a sign of love and compassion and embracing and holding and provision. Don't strike your child with your hand. I even go on to say this don't use a belt. I don't think you should use a belt. The Bible says in that verse we just read, a whip is for a horse. That's what it says. A leather straps for a horse. So don't use your hand. Don't use a belt. Just use what is wooden. All right, and I believe all those definitions of that word rod are very important because I think the whole idea of the, the clan symbol all right, is the fact that this is precious. This is for your family. This is a family issue. When you discipline, this stays in the house. We're not going to post online when we're spanking a kid. This is a personal issue. All right? it, it should be done a family. I, I believe that the, the scepter... It's just a symbol that the, the, the child's authority should be administering discipline. Mother, father. 
I, I believe the, the shepherd staff, the shepherd staff is used to bring back the sheep. That crook is to pull close. And the whole purpose of discipline is to pull that child back to where he should be. And to love on that child. So I think it's a picture of family and authority and bringing that child back. Do not use your hand, and I encourage you not to use a a whip of any sort, a, a leather strap. And I understand the where we came from. I understand that probably isn't all of our testimony growing up. But that doesn't mean we can't do things right now. Just because Grandpa did it doesn't mean we have to do it. Because if it doesn't line up with the Bible, we got to do what the Bible says. Right? But there was that symbol. And I think, too, that, that, that whatever you're spanking with, I don't know about you, you know, we used to have all the time, you know, in the office, the board, the board of education or correction, right? And there was this paddle, right? But when I, there were certain things that when they were brought out, we knew. I mean, with our kids, you know, and, you know, the little switch thing was brought out. Every kid knew someone's in trouble. Because it symbolized family, authority, and correction. But it should be wooden. I will say this about the rod. Number two, it needs to be well-placed. A rod, in verse number 3 in chapter 26, is for the fool's what? Back. By back there, look up the word if you'd like to. Welcome to. The word back there means middle. The middle. I'm not going to turn around. But the middle is a God-created place to administer discipline. There are no bones there to be broken. There's extra cushion there. But God made it that way. And it needs to be well placed. Do not strike a child anywhere. But where God ordained it. Don't go hitting on the back. Don't go hitting on the leg. Or any other part. It should be well placed. The child's not going to be hurt there. Now, if you ever bruise a child, you're wrong. Now, you're not amen to me much. Your purpose is not to hurt someone. That's my next point. It should be wooden, it should be well-placed, and it should be wincing. Proverbs, again, chapter 23, verse number 13. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him, don't be scared of that word beatest, all right? The word beatest right there means to smite or clap. That's what the word means. It's just today's, we use the beat. We think beat, we're thinking of like someone stepping on people and crushing them, right? That word beat means, that's what the word means. To smite and clap, right? Um, If thou beatest them, and even in the verse there, if you beatest them with the rod, he's not going to what? Now, that sounds really simple, but this, right? You're not going to hurt them if you're doing this correctly. Say, well, why, why are we disciplining with the smiting, right? The reason that we're disciplining is because, this is really important, a child needs to understand that there are consequences for sin. There are consequences for sin, and they need to know that, all right? So wooden, the rod is wooden, well-placed, wincing, but also it is for their welfare. I want to show you the point of this discipline. Verse number 13, withhold not what? Everybody look at me in this. You're not administering discipline to punish. Sounds weird, huh? You're not administering discipline to make them suffer. The whole purpose is correction. The whole purpose is that they would see what they did is wrong. That they would understand that with sin there is always suffering. But then you take every opportunity and discipline your child to also then teach them that, praise the Lord, there is a Savior. Yeah. 
a Savior who took everything upon himself so that we wouldn't have to face the consequence of sin. And you take the opportunity to teach them. And then the part of the correction is this too. You don't just leave them after you've disciplined them and walk out of the room. You embrace them. You make sure they know they're loved. You make sure they know there's hope and going on and doing right. You make sure they know that they, they, they can be restored. We're not, we're, we're not correcting if we just say, well, that was wrong and that was evil and there's discipline and we walk out because that child will feel guilty. That child will feel like I, that the parent is upset with them and that they'll, they'll have to hide in a room and they'll never be able. That, a child that truly has learned this and is being corrected, they will want to probably hug you a lot more. They'll probably want to embrace you a little bit more because in their heart they just want to know that the transgression was taken care of. What an awesome opportunity it is to teach them about the love of the Lord and having to deal with sin and how God forgives. You should always leave a child with hope and understanding that I can get right, I can be right, and I can go on and serve the Lord. So the rod... And then there needs to be, and it's already kind of been said, but the right words. Again, give them scripture for what they did that was wrong. Tell them from the Bible. Show them from the Bible. But speak to them words of love. Teach to them and speak to them words of forgiveness. And speak to them words of hope. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4. We fathers are to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That word nurture means like a young plant, all right? A young plant just shooting forth. You're not going to step on it. Because if you do, you kill it. You're not going to rip it out and throw it. But you're going to nurture it. You're going to make sure it gets everything it needs to grow and become fruitful. Number five, the affection of proper discipline. These are really short, and I'm praying. There's two. Proverbs 13, verse number 24. Proverbs 13, verse number 24 the affection of proper discipline. Proverbs 13, verse 24, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. You see, I love my children too much to spank them. That's not what the Bible says. And I'll just be bold enough to tell you what the Bible says. You see, I'm never spanking my children. Then you hate your children. That's harsh. That's what the Bible says. Again, you understand what discipline is, and we've talked about it, all right? But it should be done with love. Proverbs chapter number 3. Turn back there real quick. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 11. Look what it says. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. Look what it says in verse number 12. For whom the Lord, what? Loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Son, do you know why I'm spanking you today? Do you know what you did is wrong? Then I'm also, if we're going to do it right, we're going to say, I'm spanking you because I love you. And I don't want you to go down this wrong path. And I don't want you to make these wrong decisions. And I don't want you to continue in this sin. Because I love you. And I know where that sin will take you. And just like God has to chasten us, a father will chasten his children who he loves. So the affection of discipline is to teach them the love of God. Embrace them, hold them, restore them, and help them. Help them do right. The last point is this, number six, the ambition of proper discipline. Proverbs chapter 23, and we're all done. Proverbs 23, the ambition. Again, if it's in some hearts to say, I, don't, I just don't believe, I'm not going to discipline my child, I'm not going to do that, but I want you to consider this last verse in Proverbs 23, verse number 14. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Amen. Let me give you motivation to do what the Bible says here. 
is if you don't start acting like an apparent, if you don't start acting like a dad and a mom, if you don't start acting like the Lord and lovingly chasing your children, if you continue to disobey that command and say, I'm not going to discipline them in any way, uh, or I'm not going to spank them as the Bible says, you are taking a chance on your child going to hell. That's what it says. Because if proper discipline is administered, you're constantly pushing and pointing that child to the love of God. The consequence of sin and the love of God. And when proper discipline over a few years, and by the way, if you do it, be times when they're early. You probably won't have to spank your children when they're older. they get it they realize the consequence of sin and they realize the love of God and praise the Lord you might get saved at an earlier age the court case I didn't forget the court case that went to court the guy that spanked his child at Great Wolf Lodge in Mason the kid was 10 years old After listening to the court case, the jury declared the man to be innocent, which led to the Supreme Court of the Ohio State revising the code to where it's been added. The revision, the revision if you want to look it up, is 2919.25. It talks about all that discipline stuff, but they've added this, unless proper and reasonable. That child wouldn't listen to his parents and kept wanting to go and jump in the deep end. And the dad finally disciplined his child. And it kind of made sense that if he didn't do anything about it, the kid probably would have died. If not then, later. So the code's been revised to say unless proper and reasonable. So you're protected by the state of Ohio if you go by what was taught tonight from the Word of God because what is being taught from the Word of God is proper and reasonable.